Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Listen Now, the podcast where we go through the back catalogues of some of the most important and rockinest bands of all time, starting with Australian pub rock legends Cold Chisel. I'm your host, Matt Stewart, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Sam Tonkin. Welcome, Sam. G'day, g'day. What was that? Welcome, Sam. I don't know. I was trying to add a little bit of freshness. <laughs> Obviously, like robot. We've been through a lot. I'm just trying to inject a bit of fresh fun. <laughs> Into the atmosphere. Some life. I don't, you know, just in case. Just in, well. We mirror the band we're talking about and start falling apart oh. on this album's episode. Apt that it would be this episode. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking about their follow-up to the smash hit Circus Adam. There we go. <laughs> the last two albums were number ones, no? Uh, I think... East sold huge. It was like multi, multi time platinum, but I don't know if it ever topped the charts. I think it got to number two, whereas Circus Rude. Animals did make it to number one. I thought it was after Don Walker swore he'd never make a commercially successful album again. That's right. On your Don. Can't help yourself, Don, you poetry bastard. You can't help it, mate. <laughs> Everything you touch turns to gold, Don. Ah, oh, Don. No matter what you do, it's a curse. Is the curse of the Don. Is, is Don good. is cursed. <laughs> is Don is cursed. <laughs> Uh, but the, this album, things were starting to fall apart. In between albums, as Did with you all the their albums. Of the album? 20th Century, if I didn't. Just checking. <laughs> I can't called. remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> they've, you know, they banged out albums. Bung, bung. Like, They'd biggest gap was a couple of years. Yeah. But they, uh, they toured on the back of Circus Animals, huge arena tour in Australia, as yep. they had done for East. And then they went over and, um, we're having a crack into Europe as well. Now we're making a little bit of headway into Germany. Germany even got a special release over there called Northbound, which was a compilation of their first three albums, and that was released in 1983. Uh, and when they were over in Germany, I guess supporting that album, or anyway, they were yeah. over trying to break in Germany, and they were playing. They played some TV spots, and they were having some success, but the band was sort of crumbling. Yeah. As we talked about a little bit on Circus Animals, they were, you know, they had other interests. Their families yeah. were becoming a bit more important parts of their lives and that sort of stuff. And I think it was a bit of a tumultuous relationship yeah. starting to really reach the end of its tether. That's right. On stage in Germany, I think it was in 1983, uh, the drummer Steve Prestwich, the Liverpudlian, Liverpool. Super Steve Prestwich, he... Uh, he was basically throwing it. He was phoning it in and the band were getting pretty upset by him, and apparently Don Walker is normally unflappable, the unflappable poet Don Walker. Unflappable. He ended up upending his keyboard and they walked off and that was basically the end. Wow. End of the tour, they fired Steve Prestwich. Oh, sorry, Steve. Uh, I've heard Jimmy Barnes say, in hindsight, it was just that Steve saw the writing. He was there ahead of him. Yeah. Slightly. He'd accepted the fate. Whereas the other ones were still sort of trying to grimly hold on. Mm. So Prestwich was sacked. Mm-hmm. I guess he can't. It sounds like he basically quit, but he yeah. he, he walked or was pushed either walked. way. The walk. And was replaced by drummer Ray Arnott. So this is the first time, this is the first album in their recording years where they've had a lineup change. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's a pretty good record. It's not a... Yeah. Not, I don't think it's, like, uncommon for that no, to happen in a recording. Definitely not. I think their, their lineup's been pretty consistent over the years. Before they started recording, there were quite a few personnel changes, mm. but since they started recording, uh, it was only, you know, big thing. It's really only the drummer position that has changed a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so they uh, they came back home, um, but tensions were high within the band. I've, 
I want to read a little bit off this uh, little website I found called Wikipedia. Wiki. Wikipedia. And I've talked about it on previous episodes. It's a great resource for Mm, knowledge mm. uh, if you have any sort of access to the online world. The webs. I'd say look it up. I don't know exactly how to find it, but, yeah, try and and talk to some high-tech type person. They might (laughs) lead you in the right. Anyway, so the 20th Century album page says this. Tensions within the band were particularly high. Although Arnott was the drummer on most of the album, Prestwich was playing on the band's farewell tour. He also played on a few of the tracks on this last recording as well. Yeah, which is, I mean, also I've just got Ray Arnott's Wikipedia page. Yeah. Raymond, quotation marks, Big Danny, Big oh, Daddy, yeah. Walter Arnott. Big so Daddy. Big Daddy, you got Big Phil Small, and you got <laughs> Raymond... Big Daddy on it. Yeah, a couple of big boys in the band. Big boys. It's big boy music. You sort of expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Arnott's now in the band, and uh, th- they basically decided to call it a day. From I think from Barnes's book, through all this time they hardly got paid well yeah, at all. Yeah, it sounds they were like they just paid got like, paid sweet fuck all. I think at one point it was twenty five bucks a week, and they yeah. were the the biggest band in Australia, yeah. sell, selling arenas. And they're getting paid chicken feed. Yeah. And then Barnsey came in one time. He said, "I we got to get paid better than this." And the manager was apparently said something like, "Well, you know, it seems to be working fine as it is. If you get paid more, the rest of the band have to get paid more. Do we need to make any trouble?" And the rest of the band didn't back him. The way Barnsey tells it, they That's sort hard. of just yeah. like, "Well," Preston apparently was like. What do I fucking need more money for? I'm living a good life. <laughs> and then so that money tension built up and, and other tensions as well, apparently different relationships uh, between band members and also bands partners with each other. That's right, yeah. So they ended up going, well, that's it. Barnes quit and the band said, all right, well, that's the end of the band, I think. It's fucking done. And then they came to an agreement that, um, they'd come together, make one last album, one do one last big tour, mm-hmm. and that would be the end of the band. But tension during the recording of this final album, which is this album, the 20th Century album, it was it was rough. I'll go back to the Wikipedia article here. It says there were problems with the incompatibility of equipment when recording was done at different studios. Barnes was uh, to later say that he felt intimidated when his more personal songs were competing against Walkers for album space. He had a track that he wanted uh, on the album called No Second Prize, which ended up being a solo. brilliant song. A solo hit for him later, so I guess it was handy in a way. Um, He was pushing for a more rocking sound. Mossy was trying to get a more um, experimental guitar-y sound. He wanted to play around with with what his guitar could sound like. And then um, with more money stuff, apparently Barnes said, he would only do the album if the royalties were split evenly. "Quote: No matter who wrote the fucking, <laughs> no matter who wrote the fucking things." He ended up having three tracks on the album more than anyone else apart from Walker, but they, yeah, they they weren't super happy with it. And I think again that would be a lot of that would be clouded by the awful time. Yeah, that they were going through. Don Walker, Don Walker's description of the album. Yeah, is that on there as well? Oh, it could it? be. What does he? What does he say? The album was a nightmare. Oh yeah, yeah. He said it was uh, one of two or three nightmares of my life at the time. Relations within the band were barely above speaking terms. The business and money side of it were incredibly bitter between several people. Oof. I reckon he might, Barnes, he might have been one of those people it's somehow. Potentially Barnes. Uh, and Barnes, he said that. Uh, while there are some great songs on it, I don't think it was one of our great records. It was fragmented and sounds like a dying band, Oof, but it marked the end of an era. Time. He also said in his book, uh, I don't know if you remember reading this, that he, he said that if there was a bit more time, yeah, they could have fleshed out the songs more. He thinks it was a bit rushed because they were breaking up. Clock was yeah. ticking. They just got it no done. No one wanted to be around each other. Yeah. They just get in and fucking do it and get out. Opitz, the the Produ- longest producer? term producer, even though it's only been a few years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he said um, eight he, albums two months later. He was there for the for their breakthrough album. He was there for their breakup album. And he quote he says, "And let me tell you, the breakthrough album was a lot more fun." <laughs> That's all like that's what all in the space of what three years, four years or something is. Yeah, it? their big breakthrough hit was nineteen eighty. Was that East? East, and then 
Um, 20th century is 84. Recording and then... in 83 was their last album. Re- re- recorded in 83, released in 84, after their farewell tour. So you can hear on, the, we'll get to this album later, their mm. farewell tour album. They, re- they released two albums from that tour, one went... Barking Spiders Live. 1983 and one The Last Stand, which they didn't release for oh, yeah. nearly 10 years yeah. after. There's also full, a film. They went full farmsy on it, just breaking up tours for 10, 15, 20 years. No, they, no, they were all, it was all the one tour, but it was just oh, really? two different albums oh, from that tour. Yeah. Gotcha. So they, they didn't, that farmsy thing's a myth as well. I remember at the time I went to that farmsy farewell tour. Yeah. He said <laughs> that it would be the last time he does a headlining arena tour. And people seem to remember him saying he'll never play live again. Oh. <laughs> so he gets shit about it all the time. I'm like, it's not what he fucking said. He said he wouldn't do another headlining arena tour. Listen to Fonzie, man. But also, you can understand. I mean, it was a marketing gimmick. Yeah. It was like it was never going to quit singing. Um, yes, yeah, so so the album was rough. It was a hard process. Uh the band members didn't like uh, enjoy themselves at all, no. but I I really really like it. I've been listening to it nonstop for a few weeks. Yeah, and it this is the first album where I think they didn't nail the opening track. Yes, I agree. I was gonna say that when we played it. Uh, like, what album are we up to? Like, how many have we done? And this is the first one where I'm just like, eh. yeah, this is the it's probably my least favorite track on the album. Oof. But also, the more I play it, the more I'm into it. It's just they were. They were taking a big swing on it. It's, it's almost like a it's a disco song. It is this this actual the whole album itself. Uh, listening to it, I don't know if you found the same, but it just each song sounded like a different type of music, like a different genre yeah. of music. Yeah, it's uh, very. It's in, I suppose in that sense, where they say it was fragmented, there's no cohesiveness to the album. It's just whatever ten, twelve songs together. But I think well, thirteen. But I think. 13. Uh, I, th- I think it, to me it holds together better, and I think I'm in the minority. I really love this album, yeah. And I was I was ready not to, just knowing what people had said about it, yeah, including the people who recorded it. <laughs> I'm like, if Barnsley hates it, I, chances are I'm not going to love it, yeah. But um, I really do. It's uh, well, I'll tell you later with my score, but it's uh, it's right up there for me. And yeah, I, well, we can start going through the tracks if you like, but maybe we should read some reviews first. Yeah, because the album does include some of their all-time greatest hits as well, including Flame Trees and Saturday Night, especially. Yeah, which I, I mean, a couple of things about that. I a didn't realize that those songs were so late in the recording. I mean, the recording itself was all they were all done and dusted in eight years or something. Yeah, but I didn't realize it was that far towards the end. Um, but also, it's funny, I always think of Cold Chisel as like an 80s band, but they were done by halfway through the decade. And yeah, not even, stuff right? in the decade prior. Like, yep. it's it's just so strange how you they, just associate them with 80s and they're not quite. I, I guess they their biggest hits were in the earliest 80s, but, the, yeah. but they were kind of a 70s band. They came up in the 70s, they formed in the 70s. Yeah. They had their happiest times in the 70s. <laughs> and then it was really just the death throes. Which was such a small arc from them, their big breakthrough to them falling apart was three years. And in that time included the American tour, uh, European tour. German success. Arena, sold out arena tours of Australia. Yeah. And three albums. That's fucked. Isn't that wild? Within three, four years. No wonder they were fucking burnt out though. Totally. You do it these days. in between albums, you go home and hang out with your family for six months and yeah. just chill out, let the creative juices flow again, and then, well, I mean, I'm saying that's what you do these days. That's what, that's what some bands do. But it's rare that bands release an album every year anymore. No. like Unless you're King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard and they release multiple every year. Do they really? Some years, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they release more than an album a year. Well, they, yeah. at least they used to. Um, so... At the time, it was reviewed pretty well. The Sun said, uh, it's cruel that a band should make its last album its best. Don Walker uh, dominated the songwriting as usual. He now combines what could be sentimental lyrics with some awesome power and pace. He's reflective, introspective, and succinct. Uh, and I'm with you, son. You got it. Mm. Uh, Duke Magazine said at the time that the standout track was Saturday Night, which is... Banger. Yeah, a banger, and that, that's really held up as a, as a review. Still now, that is a fucking top So track. good. Um, 
says uh, the melody relies heavily on Phil Small's excellent bassline and surmised as a showcase of Chisel's techniques and abilities, 20th century is a mixed bag. I'd call that a pretty accurate. Yeah, so that so I, I love the reviews at the time that hold up because so often you see great albums reviewed poorly or, or poor albums re- reviewed greatly. Uh, but then we normally now talk about our favourite reviewer, the great man, Adrian Zupp, in our segment that we call What's, What's Up. up? Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like Adrian Zupp has even bothered to review this album. <laughs> I think I'm with uh, I'm with Adrian Zupp. So instead, I've gone to another review on on his website, allmusic.com, and it's a user review. Uh, and the user's name is Adam Taylor. He's given it three and a half stars, out and of he says, five? Out of five, yeah. <laughs> "Standard rules." Yep. So Adam Taylor, what do we call if it's uh, what's up with Zupp? What do we call this? I'm thinking maybe Say. Tay-Says? Or Tay-Tay-Say-Says? No, it sounds like Taylor Swift. Well, his name is Adam Taylor. Adam Taylor. She doesn't own Taylor as a name. What about Adam? Adam Taylor's taking it back. (laughs) Tay-Taking it back. Taylor-Kinning it back. Unless you're going any better. Tay-Say it is. What if he's tailoring his review? Oh, that's catchy. <laughs> so Adam Taylor says the last stanza in Chisel's glory era is a mixed bag with inconsistent production choices, but still carries enough bluster to please fans and casual listen listeners alike. Certainly, it has Flame Trees, Saturday Night, Painted Doll, Hold Me Tight, and Janelle—all great songs which are considered classics in the group's repertoire. Elsewhere, only one sounds like a warm-up for Barnes' solo solo debut, Body Swerve. No sense offers a bit of reggae and is a successful gamble, but the jury is still out on the tepid disco opener Build This Love. Mm-hmm. Still, it is better to fly into the sun than honour some kind of bullshit grassroots authenticity <laughs> with tired rockabilly cliches and 12-bar blues. That is so savage and I love it. But it's just a weird savage attack on a future album, No Plans. He's oh, ta- yeah. It's taken a, it's a little backhander to a future album. Fuck. Yeah, I guess, he, yeah, that, that I have heard. I haven't listened to that album yet, but I have heard No, nor have I. It um, isn't as adventurous as their earlier stuff, but I'm Back looking to Dad Rock, to... maybe. Back to Dad Rock. Oh, sorry, yeah, because I was thinking of... Rockabilly cliches and 12-bar blues. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know what your idea of Dad Rock is. Is it Rockabilly? Current John Bon Jovi. Right. <laughs> okay, anything that I would not have heard? Uh... Like 20-year-old John Bon Jovi? Get in the band back together. Oh, don't be like that. <laughs> this is a this is a show celebrating Cold Chisel. For the most part. Okay, jeez. <laughs> Tension is I'm growing not... <laughs> in the pod studio. I'm not going to fake my feelings here. So let, do you want to start kicking through track by track? Yeah, this is the... Let's see what Jimmy Barnes has to say about some of your criticisms. <laughs> He's coming over the hill now. He's not happy. I can tell. I can see that. Jimmy, what do you think of Sam's critique calling you dad rock? Are you going to take that? Jimmy. Jimmy? How do you feel? Oh, he's furious. (laughs) Oh, he's still mad. Oh, he's getting madder. Go back over the... So good. Back over the hill you go, Jimmy. All right, Jim. Fuck, that's so good. Um, for people who don't know, that is uh, from a track by Kieran J. Callanan with uh, Barnsley guesting, some guest vocals. Hashtag screaming cowboy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But let's get into some uh, some of the tracks, maybe even all of the tracks. So this is the one we're talking about, the album opener. It took me a little while to get into the disco stand, and I don't really like the the disco part, but when it builds into a more of a classic chisel song, I think mm. it rocks a bit still. Um, if you want to hear disco like this, check out Damon Cow's Disco Machine. Oh, yes. It does have that kind of vibe, only 
Damien Cowell's got the smooth voice to bring it all together. Excellent. And, and sort of funnier lyrics. Do you want to go into just briefly who Damien Cowell is? He's uh, the singer from Tism, great Australian band that maybe we'll get into one day on this show. Down for that. So it's sort of this repeating line. Also, first time they've had like proper female vocals on it. Yeah, right. I reckon. Which Barnes is a big fan of. A lot of his solo stuff, he he has lots of different backup singers. Hmm. So this is a Don Walker song. This doesn't sound like... Really? Yeah. I think... Yeah. When it... He was really... What is this? I mean, they were having a crack, right? They... That's... It's just... Gonna build this fire higher and higher. That was pretty good, actually. This bit... When Mossy comes in... It's still got that... Yeah, like a real head bop and like. Such devotion. Oh, you make the syrup bastard. Oh, and the gravel. It is. This is proper like. It's a, disco I know there's something about it. It doesn't even make sense because disco was the decade previous. Yeah. Five That's years throw, too late for it. Throwback even then. I think, not being a disco expert at all. No. But anyway, it, it's it grown on me. But yeah, that one, I think it's probably... The weakest of... Weakest of their album opens. openers. And maybe even my least favourite track on the album. But it's there's something to it. I think it's it deserves its chance. And I, I love a band that has a fucking swing. They also... Um, my friend Hap Haywood, he's a singer for a Ballarat band called... The Dead Salesman, and he he was listening to it recently, and he's like, "It's got the sound of an album of a of a band who's just throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks," <laughs> which is so true. And I think he it is that's he a good en- description. He enjoyed it, but it was just like, "There's yeah, there's a lot. They're they're taking a lot of swings." You should have taken a proper thought pro- like thought uh, review down instead yeah. of what's up. We got what's hap. What's happened? What's happening? <gasps> <laughs> uh, track two, twentieth century, the title track. I think it's a fun tune. Rock solid. <laughs> I'm such a modern man, though. Whenever I'm singing along or I get stuck in my head, I sing 21st century. <laughs> I can't help myself. Oh, true. <laughs> Is this the first time we've had oohs and ahs? Yeah, it's, it's like... Influenced by old, what is that like? I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about, like doo wop or something. <laughs> now I'm having swings. Yeah. <laughs> and then track three, Ghost Town. I think this is a, a rocker. This is back to like the rockabilly typer. Yeah. Feel like being bit of, in a bit of harmonica. In about a, that, you know how. In like an American barn pub somewhere. Yeah, like there's a fight going on and it's yeah. just a real fast Chicken camera scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's a cracker. Now you've stolen something and now you're like running out in the street yeah. trying to run away from old mate with a lasso. Totally. Currently you're running a you're racing against the train trying to get around it. Yeah, this is totally <laughs> car race music. Car chase even. Car chase. I was thinking horseback. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, like proper wow. old western. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Track four, Saturday night. So this is a bona fide chisel classic. Top. And it so Don Walker went around with a little handheld recorder and got so these are all found sounds, all these conversations and stuff. Just That's walking right. around uh, King's Cross, I think, yeah. in Sydney. There's a mossy on lead vocals as well. There's a line here I love. If you don't like it, what are you standing there looking at it for 20 minutes? Coming up in a second. Every song has been entirely different from each other. So far, just continues. It's still all held together by a chiselness to me. Chisel. Chisel is the mortar holding it all together. That all these bricky songs. Of... <laughs> this bit. Well, if you don't like it, what are you 
<laughs> so good. Saturday night. There's another one where it's like, like it's got the maple syrup, Saturday mossy, night. and then the the, the barnstorming gravel. 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 Two thirds way through. Night already gone. There's another one that's slow, but I really like, and I think it's just because it gets to that good, like... Mm. It's a build-up. Love a build-up. Build-up. I don't mind. Show me a light, your company. We want to get the keys of the city. Yeah, we want to get them. Give me the keys. Uh, should I skip it? We'll find it here. Isn't that just like now? Oh no, it's a little bit more on my bad. Here we go. Hit it, Barnsley. Oh, I love a proper something. Yeah. It's a cum thumper. Where are you, Barnsley? Hit us. No. Have I skipped it? I think you skipped Fuck. it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the sax. Solid sax. You don't get a lot. Sax. I don't know if it had heaps of sax in there. Where is it? Oh, no. Fuck. Here we go. There Wait, we go. here we go. Hit us, Barnsley. God, so, so good. good. Uh, then this next one, Painted Doll. This is one I didn't know, but I fucking love as well. It's a, it's a banger. Another, this is another Don. Saturday Night was a Don. Don song as well. Actually, I think they've all been Don so far. On a painted stage There's just the one man A punch into that So good uh, Then you got uh, Jimmy Barnes' first one No Sense This one's a greatest hit staple Bit of reggae It's a funny time where they were They throw in a reggae song on most albums almost Yeah At least I a handful of them I don't even know if I'd call this reggae though. Yeah. It sounds more like all of this is just starting to turn into a country and western I scenery, love... but not song. Yeah. Like, you know, you're like riding like on your horse through the big open desert, just like looking for trouble. What's coming? Love Am I the that. only one thinking this? Let no. me know if you're agreeing with me, people, listeners, you... friends. She's the one. She's Oh, I love that guitar sound on this album. There's a lot of that. Oh, so that's that's a big one. But then probably maybe almost one of their most iconic songs to this day is this next one, "Flame Trees," which was co-written by Don Walker and Steve Prestwich. Steve Pratt, Liverpool. So he this came back and he drummed song. on this track. So even though he'd sort of been booted from the band, he came back and he drummed on "No Sense Flame Trees" in the game. This town and I And I can't stop Oh, so good. It's a great tune. I would have heard it, I think, literally a million times. Yeah, probably. Multiple times a day my whole life. <laughs> Forever. Bam, bam. Um, number one is a half to say You're doing well Um... So that's track seven. It's the middle point of the album. It's a it's a high point. It is a good it is a good high middle. Piao. At 
one of two hotels. And then, so that's also the end of side one. Side two opens with a, a another Barnsey called Only One, which uh, Tay Tay called a bit of a prelude to his solo stuff. Ah. Which you can hear too. Totally. Yeah, definitely. More of a rocker, and he's just singing 100% start to finish. Someone, I was just flicking through a bunch of quotes, and uh, oh, I can't find it. It's something along the lines of, uh, this is the album where you finally finish the suffering of Jimmy Barnes going from singer to screamer. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's still, people say that, and I sort of bought that as a line for a long time. But I don't think it's true. He still sings like I mean on their new single, he's that's back to the smoother stuff. True. He, he he's released three soul albums where he doesn't scream on them really at all. Yeah, or not a lot. Not a lot. He can't help it. It's just his voice. Yeah, it's the gravel. <laughs> it's the honey. It's the it's the meeting of the, worlds. The melding. The melding. The melding of the two. Give me. I just want to have a honey gravel sandwich right now. Crunch my way through it. Uh, then the the next track is actually the lead single, or it was the lead single, "Hold Me Tight," um, which I hadn't heard before. Which is interesting mm. that it it was one of it's as not, a, a not single, really but featured it, on any of yeah, the. It's one of their greatest handful inside. of songs that has a film clip, and yeah, but yeah I just strange. it just doesn't get played. But it's a bit of fun. Really bouncing around the genres, aren't they? It's clearly influenced by that. It was that old, who's the old school singer who's got the birds, even the birds and bees do it or whatever. Sort of mimics that, those kind of ideas. Cole Porter's Let's Do It, Let's Fall In Love. So it goes through a bunch of things that do it. <laughs> cool. Uh, hold me tight. That's a Don. Another Don in Sing To Me is track 10. So it's a, I think I really struggle with this. Taking it down a notch. You, yeah, you hate the solo piano tunes there. Yep. The last, I think the last, the next three, two or three songs, I really just. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I reckon it, I'm into it all. Oh, yeah, screaming. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> this, is, this is, he's a full screamer now. Scream up. Tell your fucking story, walking <laughs> champion. Champ. Pal. You don't know what you're fucking on about. We got honey, we got gravel, we got it all here, baby. Sing all to me, Barnsey. All of the above. I'm into this. It's a journey across the history of music in one album. In one album. <laughs> Pretty glad they didn't go to hip hop. <laughs> oh, fuck. Could you imagine? <laughs> Jesus. I don't think I, I, I can quite. I don't think I could imagine. The next track, The Game, which I really like, is um, there's a moving into, like, 80s metal sounds. I, it just, it's, it's kind of badass. So this is the first one in a while written or co-written by Phil Small with Don ah. Walker. There's not two songs on it that are really in the same world. Maybe that's why they... Maybe it's called 20th Century because they, they play every genre <laughs> of music from the 20th century. Except, thankfully, didn't have a crackety pop. Where's the screaming? That's a real smooth, like... Smooth high vocal. High, yeah. I'm about that. I think this song is a, a banger. But you were saying this is a skipper for you. 
No, not this one. The next one. Oh, the next one. I, well, the next one was uh, our man Taylor. He, he said it's a, seen as a classic in their repertoire, but you're not into it. It's this another is, slower one. This is potentially my least favorite Chisel song. This one probably so is. It's, I mean, it's kind of in a similar-ish world to sing to me, just because it's a slower piano mm. ballad. I think it's a nice tune, and you could you could see him going in the live set. We're just gonna take it down a notch. Yeah. Here. It's also got Mossy, the moth on lead moth. vocals. Ian Moth. Yeah, just. So far away. It's just so slow. Oh, it's it's a beautiful song. This is gonna put me I to think sleep. There's probably some because I think I've listened. I listen to the albums. Obsessively, and you sort of you give him a couple of spins. Yeah. So maybe there's something in the repeat plays that the harder songs to get into open themselves up to me, just because I've just like through repetition and just smash. Force yourself to enjoy it. It's like when you're trying to drink a new type of alcohol or try a new type <laughs> of food, where you're like, if I just keep drinking it, me trying to learn to drink beer at the age of twenty. But I think, yeah, I also I kept listening to this album because I really did love it. Pretty quickly. Some of the tracks I build this love took me quite a while to get into. Mm, and it's and still, we're still, still working on yeah. that. <laughs> but I, I reckon this song's real nice. And then it closes uh, with a track called Temptation, which is another Barnsey track, which I think is another fun rock tune. Barnsey's definitely got the highest speeds in his song, yeah. though. Weird, like, echoing vocals on this one. That, that, hey, yeah. that reminds me of that Sky, uh, Skyhook song. Um, women in Uniform. Yeah. Okay. He talks about them in his book. Do- doesn't sound like he writes their musical that much. No. Or their musicianship. Oh, my I'll skip to the end so we can hear. This is, this is how they close up. I thought this was maybe kind of apt and might have been a choice. This is how they finished their recording era and what they believed to at that point. It just sort of Awkwardly, comes apart. If yeah. it, it, it feels kind of like maybe that was a choice. Yeah. So this is, uh, it it's almost like, like they've it. dropped their instruments yeah, and walked it's off. Yeah, literally just because it all finishes at the different set, like for different seconds for different instruments where it's just like, uh, yeah, fuck so it, that'll do. That's a, an interesting idea. But, um, yeah, I'm... I, I think you probably got the hint. I bloody love this album. Yep. I think I'm one of the few. I think... Unpopular opinion, I reckon. It does feel like an unpopular opinion. But, I, I mean, when it. you go through it, you go, all right, so songs that are a bona fide, sort of undisputed classics, Saturday Night, Flame Trees, maybe No Sense. And then I think you could throw in Janelle in there, although you are disputing that. Hey. Hold me I'll, tight, I'll sort a, of fun. I'll put up a poll when this pod comes yep. out. Do you like Janelle, yeah or nay? I think 20th Century, Ghost Town, Painted Doll. I I mean, I just like every song on the album, apart from possibly Build This Love, which I am a little <laughs> you're, on you're the fence over. You're still trying to build the love. I'm trying to build the love. I like I like sections of it. I'm just not into that. The whole thing as a whole. Yeah. It's just that repetitive intro part that I, I, don't, I don't know if I could quite. The disco-ist bit of it. The disco-y. Um, just a... Few things about a few different songs. Yeah. Um, the Saturday night uh, when it gets to the keys to the city, like you know, how we were saying, like we actually enjoy that slow build, or you know, you always enjoy those ones. I'm always just like get to the good bit. <laughs> um, Grinspoon on a cover album released about I think ten odd years ago. Yeah. Grinspoon covered Saturday Night for it, and they just kick off with that. Oh, Got the keys to the city. Yeah, just straight into it. That's at the start of the song. Yeah, they are not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> right. If I, play it, if I play it on my phone, into the microphone, is that going to shit itself or is it better? Yeah, well, I, I, well, how about I just play it through the through well, that, the recording equipment? That sounds heaps good. Okay. Um, well, you keep talking about it and I'll try and find it. Um, so there's, that's yeah, they do, they just kick straight into it. Don't know if I like it or not. Maybe okay, I'm here we a, go. Maybe I'm a purist. Oh. Oh, they've recorded their own found sounds. Got the huh. Cause mm, Phil Jamison are not quite hitting those notes for me. I, I'm a I'm a Grinspoon fan. 
I think um, Chemical Heart was one of my very first ringtones. That sounds alright. I should listen to this cover. So it's an album called Standing on the Outside and it's a bunch of Australian artists so, yeah. covering chisel songs. I have tried to listen to it a few times over the last few years and it's there's not a whole lot of standouts to me. Right. Um, actually, I'll find the playlist and see if I can remember which ones I actually enjoyed. But in saying that, I wasn't particularly familiar with a lot of the songs because I hadn't really listened to like properly to the album. Right. I think, yeah, I think I don't like how they've jumped in there, but I also kind of like if you're going to cover a song, you may as well make it your own, right? Make some, true. Make some choices. But, I mean, yeah, that bit is the big payoff because they have built to it. So just to jump into the, you're basically starting with the drop, which yeah. I, I also, I, I say that a lot. I love it when a song starts a with drop. shredding guitar. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they, they start with a solo. That's good fun, but... Um, um, so this Standing on the Outside, the album, the cover album, kicks off with Rising Sun by Living End. And I think that's a pretty good pairing of tune to artist. Yep. Like that's, there's rockabilly left yeah. right and center for that. And then uh, Living End are a sort of a, a pop punk rockabilly band, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, and UMI does Hound Dog, which I think, again, is probably pretty fitting. Yep. Uh, Paul Kelly does K-San. Yeah, great. Which is, I can't remember. A couple of icons meeting together. And, and Paul Kelly is supporting. Yeah. Which is the one I see him Still in looking for a ticket for that one if anyone knows anyone trying to sell one. <laughs> um, and Troy Cassadaly does Bo River. Right. Which would because be a country, interesting. Country icon, Troy Cassadaly. Troy Cassadaly. Yeah, cool. Oh. Uh, Sarah Blasco's Flame Trees, which actually went pretty famous on the um, Triple J Hottest 100, I think. There's a quote somewhere of her talking about it's one of her most requested yeah. songs at shows and she's kind of disappointed because artists want to be known as, yeah. you know, for their own music, she's but it's also kind of shows the prominence of that song in Australian totally. culture. Totally. Because she's like, she's had five star albums, well, you know, big yeah. critically acclaimed albums. So there would be something like a bit um, disappointing where you're like, oh, like you know, I've got some of like, my yeah, yeah. too. I can also write good things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, maybe there's something nice about it too. You're associated with a cool thing. But, yeah, it would be a bit of a bummer, I think. Yeah. Well, you're most famous. It's like other bands like um, like the Ataris did Boys of Summer and it was oh, like yeah. the one song that they were ever known for. Breakthrough. It wasn't even theirs. Yeah, it's like That'd when be pretty, pretty disappointing. people come up to me at my shows and say, can you do a Rodney Dangerfield joke? <laughs> <laughs> do some of those take my wife jokes. Oh, Christ <laughs> almighty. Okay, I'll do anything. Rodney. Uh, yeah, it doesn't work with comedy. No, I think that's just called That's called stealing. joke stealing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Straight out. So how about we we give it a rating? Yep. What do you think? Uh, I'm, this, I'm curious. I'm, I'll kick it off. because I, I, yeah, I feel like I know where you're going to go with it, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to – this is going to be oh, – this almost feels – this feels crazy, but I'm giving it – one degree, oh, which puts well it equal with East for me. We. I, I think I've just lost all credibility in the music industry because I was—I used to be riding high, very credible. <laughs> so, I mean, this is talking. This is talking like there's a gut instinct. This is heart stuff. This is my head. I think I know that East is a better album, but just from enjoyment of listening to it, I just—I have so much fun listening to 20th Century. And I'd be happy to hear it any day, so I'm giving it one. I just think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a great album. I think Circus Animals is probably their best studio album so far. Yep. And then East, I would say if we're talk, if we're ranking them for greatestness, I would say East would be next. Yep. But just for pure enjoyment, love of listening to it, I put East and 20th Century equal second. How about what are you gonna do? I... So far, oh, let's just see what number you give it, and then we can slot it in where where it goes in your rankings. I have got the self-titled album. I've ranked five, which is my highest in temperature, lowest in. That's quality. right. So, what are you giving Twentieth Century? I'm really torn on this one because I don't like a lot of the album. I really struggled to get into this album, but songs like Saturday Night and Flame Trees are just they're fucking epic songs. Yeah. And they're real classic cold chisel. I'm going to 
But then breakfast I've given four and I don't think it's on par. I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to give it a five. Five, wow. Yeah, I, maybe even a six. I don't know. Do I go into decimals? You I just... can. You can definitely. We haven't done it yet, but you can. maybe you should split the difference then. Oh. Well, I don't want to. Put numbers in your mouth. What do you? What are you gonna? What do you want to give it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a six because I found this harder to get into than the self-titled. Wow, I, I like it so much more than self-titled. It's yeah. got flame trees on it. It's got Saturday Night on it. But then is two songs able to balance out the rest of the album? Well, I mean, obviously, in my opinion, the other songs are there's so many good songs. It's really <laughs> the only one I I would say I dislike, and the only one probably. And it's a shame it's the opening track. Mm, if that's, I, yeah, it is so disappointing. I, th- I think that's I, it's a, that was the big gamble was putting it up top. I yep. think I'd either cut it or at least push it down the order and open with maybe Ghost Town or yeah, yep. 20, one, of the, one of the rockers. One of the rockers. And I'd, I'd trim, I'd probably actually just trim it off the album. I'd probably bring it down to a 10 or 11 track album. I'd cut. I'd probably cut Sing to Me, even though I quite like it. I just don't think it's required with Janelle being probably the better song there. Yeah, you know, I think it's for being known for like a hard rocking outfit to have two songs that are that slow. Two I think piano that's, ballads. That's dangerous. But I, I do like them both individually, and I guess they were like, this is this is our last album, so yeah, we're throwing. But then they they left off Ain't No Second Prize. Oh, no second prize, so. no second pro- which I mean, you know what? I'm a big Jimmy Barnes solo fan anyway, so I'm happy with that. But yeah. also can't believe that they have two slow, shitty songs. So that- if if we did recut it, say, mm. and we took out took out those two or three tracks, yep. how how much would it be improved to you? Because, I mean, sometimes uh, less cu- is more with an album. Couple degrees, I yeah. reckon, couple degrees. Interesting. Because it, it just, I just felt like a lot of this album was a real slog to get through. Like, okay. I was really trying, and I've probably blasted it pretty consistently for the last, you know, two days, just trying to catch up. You've given up. it a whole two days. Yeah, two whole okay, days. Because well. I was pretty familiar with Circus Animals. Yeah. Given it. So four days. So you know, you gave Circus Animals four days. Okay, I mean, well, I've been away I mean, for eight days with no reception. Come on. Yeah, we, I, was I mean, just you, trying you've, to play you've got analog. You've got the analog version right there. Why didn't did. you just travel with your <laughs> turntable? You're right. I should have strapped that on my back as well. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, well, so a... six. That's. I mean, you basically. That means you don't like the album. I yeah. That that'd be five is all. Bas- is almost saying. Not really into it. I almost want to re. Oh, we just spat everywhere. I almost want to revisit our. Um... I think six means you're giving it a fail at uni. Yep. <laughs> Me <laughs> do trying to do again. accounting, maths. Um, so now, now let's hear your two. So it sounds like you might even struggle to pick two. I did actually struggle to pick two. Uh, I actually really enjoyed Temptation. Yep. Uh, and well, I like Barnsley's closer. Yeah, and I really I liked how it ended, where it was just like yeah. Know, like That's just fun. like the record scratching because it was just it was just fucking done. Yeah. Um. And I think I'll put in Ghost Town because it was the high tempo. Yeah.ness of it. Oh really? Yeah. Ghost Town's one of my favorites. I'm I'm gonna put in Painted Doll. Yep. Um. And I have found it hard. Only one is a song that I've has been caught. I found caught in my head a lot. Oh, okay. It's a real catchy one. That's a a Barnsy. Uh. But I think. Uh, I think the other one I'm going to put in is the game, the, the game. sort of metally. Time to play the game. You know, not it's not full metal, but it's like a, a little '80s medley. It is. I agree. But that, I, but like I say, I like, I, I like these songs a lot. 20th Century Ghost Town, Painted Doll, uh, Only One, Hold Me, Hold Me Tight is just a bit of fun. It's a bit kind of disposable to me, maybe. Yeah. And I like Janelle would be close as well if. Is it, can Janelle count? Yeah, you could. We, we're not limited at two. We've just been. Casually but it hasn't limited. been on any of the greatest hits or no, anything. No. Oh, I'm, actually, I'm going to swap the game for Janelle. <sighs> Never listening to your Spotify playlist. <laughs> I really, I don't know what it is. I just cannot. You're going to see it live, I reckon, in Jan, and it's going to Janelle, Jan, Jan, oh. January. Yep. <laughs> that is the correct print. Like February. This one I found January. hard. Anyway, like I say. But, yeah, Build This Love. I think Build This Love is probably one of the reasons why people don't like this album that much. Yeah, well, when you got high expectations of the last, like, what, 
four albums that were just absolute cracking openers mm. and then you come into like this weird disco shit when you're expecting like Jimmy Barnes sculling vodka and throwing shit at the crowd. But at the same time, he, he also is the most balls-to-the-wall vocal right off the top. He's just yelling, yeah. build yeah. this love. Over and over. Build it. But just to a weird, over a weird disco beat. Yeah, the, um, I got a lot of, I got as many mixed feelings as this has mixed songs on this album. <laughs> just <laughs> all of the confusion. I think this one by far has been our most divisive. Yep. And I and you Easily. were definitely on the side of of the majority. I'm pretty sure. Yep, I think so. Actually, how did this do? Did we talk about that? How did how this it, did? We charted number one. Did it really? But I mean, often an album will chart based on the previous album. Oh. Uh, so the first week it comes out, everyone's hyped for it. So it goes straight to number one. I think that's why East went to number two. And it, even though it sold more albums than any other, Circus Animals was number one. 20th Century was number one. And, um, it was released in early 84, peaked at number one on the Australian Albums Chart, their third consecutive album to do so, charted for a total of 46 weeks. Oh, so maybe it did, maybe East did get to number one at some oh, point. This is from Old Mate Wikipedia and I... Oh, well, also on Wikipedia their discography has uh, East peaking at number two. But anyway, basically we're at the top of the charts. And need to have a chat to Mr. I'll, Wikipedia. I would be it. interested to see when we listen to these uh couple of live albums in, oh, yeah, in future weeks yeah. that um, play a lot of tracks off this album. See mm-hmm. if it, that changes your mind on them because yeah, they come up so well live. Well, one Long Day is one of the ones that at the start, like that was my battle song on the uh, Untitled album and then on Swing Shift, yeah. that, I was like, actually, this is yeah. this is all right. And then seeing Ian Moss sing it, I was like, oh, When Mossy okay. lets loose. Yeah. It's getting there for me. Yeah. It's doing stuff. So good. Um, I guess so. Yeah, should we pretty much wrap up this episode now, or do you have any letters in the letters oh, yeah. to Alan? I've got some letters. Letter bag. What have we got? If people do want to write in, you can get us at what's our show called? Listen, Listen now, now pod, pod. <laughs> at gmail dot com. <laughs> it's hard because they're one of their big hits is forever now. It confuses oh, yeah. me. Anyway, listennowpod at gmail dot com, uh, and if you want to get us on the socials, you can tweet us at listennowpod. Facebook is Listen Now Pod, and just for a little change, on Instagram, we're called Listen Now Pod. Links to all this is in the show description. If you can't remember that, we are called Listen Now Pod. Listen Now Pod. Um, letters to Alan. We've got Jared, who had never heard of Cold Chisel before this podcast. But it's my the... favourite. I love that song. I'm, lo- I'm loving hearing. There's only been a handful of people who've got in touch and said, we already love Chisel. Yeah, we've which had I'm more loving, people saying it's wild. the that, opposite. Yeah. Um, he said the clips you played sounded pretty cool, so I bought the first album, Remastered. Uh, he expected something more like our intro music to the episodes. Um, oh, yeah, but which was is a heavier track from a, from a later, later album. album. But he said he was surprised by the variety of musical styles. Um, he said just how many times was the favourite on the album for him. Oh, cool. Uh, really enjoying this new pod. Please keep it up. Thank you, Jared. You all right. Hey, bloody Jared. legend. You know what? I reckon we will. You're fucking all right, mate. You're all right, Jared. What else we got? We Where's got Jared from? He didn't say. Didn't say, no. Uh, what else have we got? We have what? I'm assuming just because he said he had, wasn't familiar with him that he was is not from Australia. Not from Australia would be, surely. <laughs> like K-San, people born on those songs. Um, who else we got? We have got Matthew from Connecticut in the U.S., Connecticut. Um, Connecticut. Holy shit. Um, he just wanted to, he says, I just wanted to drop you to an, to an electronic note about how I got to this <laughs> moment. Uh, so he came into Australian podcasts through the Weekly Planet. Uh, he found Do Go On, Matt's, one of Matt's other podcasts. Do you want to give yourself a quick plug? Yeah, you should listen to Do Go On. At, at some point, Sam's going to be on, maybe even around the time this episode comes out, hopefully. Oh, maybe next week. Uh, Sam's going to come on and do a little report about a fellow we all come, have come to know and love. Are we familiar with his musical stylings, perhaps? Uh, Is it something that we've... If you're not, he sounds a little... It's hard to explain. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, that... that's... No, that's... I'm pretty sure Yeah, that's, that's it. it, yeah. It's not Jeez, much... I wonder if he's... Those are mountains in Connecticut. I don't know what oh, Connecticut is, is that, but it feels like is that a is that a, a westerny kind of place? Can no, I think it's like a tiny state in the northeast. Oh, do you know? Like do you week. know your shit? I can name 
all 50 states. Really? Universe. Could not tell you where 93% of them are in terms of each other, but... Wow, that's a... I'm not going to look. At, where, where did you say it was? Top right. It is. Northeast. Northeast. Is it it's like just, a weird like north... rectangle with a tail? Yes. Yes. Holy I know shit. things. I know things and stuff. Connecticut. So I see you, it's literally. It's wedged between New York and Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Holy shit. Do I not understand anything? Sorry, Connecticut. I know you've learned I was ex- I was excited that you were, might have been country town, but you're, you're cool in your own way, Connecticut. Yeah. That northeast has got Temperature a, and Yeah, you're not style. that- Style. Oh, I don't know what you got there, but it's, yeah. I'll, while Matt, you're reading that next, I'm going to find some... out what Connecticut's Wait, cool look, thing is. We've given Matthew the gift of cold chisel and he's given you the gift of a geography lesson. Um, he also said that uh, going into Do Go On, he said that he really loved the TISM episode that you did a report on. Oh, cool. Um, because he used to listen to a handful of TISM songs back in college. Um, and so he says he heard when I heard that Matt was doing a pod that wasn't strictly about primates in popular music, <laughs> but was about another great Australian rock band. I was in. Um, he waited patiently. Wait, he was first... he's in Cold Chisel. Is that what he means? <laughs> yes, exactly. Another great rock band. I was in. Yeah. Whoa. He's the new the new 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 drummer. Um, he. Waited patiently for the first episodes to be released uh, and has now listened to the first two Chisel records, really loving it. Uh, I had never heard of them prior to now. Um, I'm giving them a go based solely on Mr. Stewart's passionate reporting. (laughs) I look forward to hearing two perspectives put forth in this new pod. Thank Uh, you. That's awesome. I said thank you. That's bloody. Thank you, Matthew. Hey, thank you, Matthew. Thank you. And yes, the TISM, if people are curious, that I did a report on TISM on... Uh, do go on, which is worth a listen. We've done quite a few music um, reports. I did one on Johnny Cash on his biography as well. Yeah. Pantera, Pantera. one of my favorite bands. We did an early episode about the Beatles. We've done Dolly Parton. So if, if you like uh, music biographies done by comedians <laughs> with uh, some knowledge of stuff, <laughs> you should check out Do Go On. It's a good fun time. I've just looked up uh, Connecticut. Uh, looks like maybe the most famous person or the first one that seems to come up. George W. Bush was born in Connecticut. Mm, never heard of him. Oh, he was uh, their president at one uh, point. Yeah. Mr. Bush. Yeah, Mr. Bush. Mr. Bush. Apparently, um, who was the president before him? It was Bill was it Clinton? Clinton. Apparently, Clinton went around the White House or got his staff to take all the W's out of the keyboards around the White House right before George W. Oh, funny. Most powerful man in the world. Yep. Also, most powerful prankster in the world. Oh, Bill Clinton, you cheeky bastard. I learned a weird fact the other day when I was researching something else. Three of the last four US presidents were all born in the same year. What the fuck? 1947 or something. Isn't what? that weird? Really? Bush, Clinton, and Trump were all wow. born in the same year. So that obviously Bush was youngish yep. as president and Trump's oldish. Trump's an old fucking... In, in terms of, you know, the, I think maybe he's the oldest ever president of America. I reckon he might be right there, actually. But, yeah, that, that was an interesting elected. idea that for some reason that year yeah. was a, it was a powerful year for births. Are they all, Your are chance, they all Republicans? Uh, no, Bill Clinton's a Democrat um, and the other two are Republicans. Repubs. Anyway, is that, are we closing up the mailbag there? We are. That is it for today. Uh, it's so good to get those letters to Alan. So, if, uh, like we say, if you want to send in an email, send us a note about what your thoughts are, if you've either been a long-term Cold Chisel fan, a new fan, or somewhere in between. And also, how you got on to us. Yeah. How did you find this podcast? Both literally how did you find it in your app, and also how have you found us so far? I wonder if everyone else has also got here via the TISM episode of Do Go On. (laughs) It's a well-worn path, that one. It's a good one. Um, So, yeah, I guess that wraps it all up for us. Please uh, drop us a line if you want to. Stay chiz. Keep it chizzing. We're going to move on now to the during the breakup era because they were apart for over a decade. Yeah. And all the band members did different things musically, and we're going to do a few episodes about that in coming weeks before we get to their reformation. Spoiler. Um, But actually, we'll probably get to a couple of live albums in the meantime as well. Oh, yes, yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting into all that stuff. Fucking spiders. Until then, as we always say here. Goodbye, Astrid. Goodbye.
This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.